Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this episode of Nick Egan Times. On this episode, we have an incredible guest. We have the founding member, Speech, from the two-times award-winning and legendary hip-hop group, Arrested Development. Arrested Development have had several smash hits that include Mr. Wendell, People Every Day, Tennessee, and Revolution. Arrested Development was the first hip-hop group to win the Best New Artist at the Grammys. Welcome to the legendary Speech from Arrested Development, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, man. You're welcome. How's it all been going over there for you? Uh, I've had better days, but I've had worse. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, tell me, how had the has the pandemic um, affected you personally and professionally, and even arrested development? I mean, it's been it's been a double edged sword. Um, we've made our best um, music in a long time during this pandemic. Uh, we did our first album was in 2020, right after the pandemic started. Uh, the first album recently, I should say, and it was called Don't Fight Your Demons. It was critically acclaimed. It was on the, you know, 2020 best albums list of numerous hip hop lovers and magazines and podcasts. So um, very, very grateful. Definitely a, a clear cut resurgence for the group in an underground way, at least. Um, so that was really a, a, a triumph. And then we, in 2021, followed up with another record called um, For the F and Love. It's a celebration of hip hop music. And that was in late 2021, uh, featuring Big Daddy Kane. We had what really could be called an underground hit um, with our song with Big Daddy Kane called Vibe. Um, the music video won an award for best video. Um, you know, just a lot of, uh, once again, accolades. In fact, people saying that the second album during the pandemic was better than the first. So, you know, a lot of triumphs. And at the same time, it lost a lot of friends, lost some people that used to play with Arrested Development because of COVID-19, um, lost numerous people that I knew and um, fellow artists that I knew, one in particular in, in London area named Ty, a great hip hop artist, passed away at age 39 because of COVID. So. Uh, it's been a tough time. Professionally, it's been very uh, eye-opening. You know, we had to cancel a uh, European tour because we could well, not a, a European tour, a, a Middle East tour, and um, I believe a, an African tour because of the pandemic. We didn't we didn't do shows for two years, which was unprecedented in our career. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a double edged sword in every way. Yeah, thanks for the insights, and I'm sorry to hear about obviously your losses. That's that's really sad, and yeah. Um, all right, let's just jump straight into it for the listeners. Take us back. Arrested Development was formed in 1988 by yourself. Um, I believe you put a flyer up, and then yeah, talk us through the rest of how it's obviously all transpired. Yeah, I mean, basically, I came to uh, Atlanta, Georgia from Milwaukee in 1987. Um, I wanted to start a hip hop crew. I put up a flyer for a DJ I was wanting to rhyme. And I used to DJ myself um, full time. And at this time, I wanted to really focus on rhyming. I changed my name from uh, DJ Peach to MC Speech. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a time of rediscovery. It was a very... Um, Afrocentric city, a lot of progressive thoughts and 
movements going on as far as Afrocentricity and, you know, Black consciousness. And at the same time, uh, musically, there wasn't a lot that was reflected conscious-wise in the music of the Down South um, music scene, especially in hip-hop. So um, I saw an opening for something more progressive, something more um, sort of broad in its scope of what it was trying to accomplish. And Arrested Development was that. We started doing shows. Um, me and my man Headliner, who answered the flyer that I put up, uh, we started doing shows around town. We started getting a lot of buzz about us because we were very um, communal. We used to invite people on stage, you know, drummers, dancers, uh, painters, poets. And it was a very um, come one, come all type of energy. And that's what, you know, sort of resonated even when we got signed to a record label three years, five months, two days later. Um, you know, it was very communal energy. We had an elder in the group, men and women in the group, um, heavier sets, really skinny people in the group. I mean, it's just a lot of wide varieties of energy coming at you. Incredible. Do you think that vibe and obviously being very communal, that resonated with the rest of the world? That's why you had so much success during that time? I think it was one of the things. I think it was that. It was you know, the music industry was thirsty for, um, you know, more diversity of thought and diversity of subject matter in hip hop. And yeah, I think that it was very much, Arrested Development was an introduction for a lot of people to hip hop music in general. And it was an open door for a lot of artists that have yet to make it to be able to express themselves more and be more true to who they were. So I think it just opened the doors for hip hop and broadened the scope of what hip hop could be. And um, yeah, so yeah, I think it definitely helped and, and you know made a difference in a lot of people's lives during those years. Yeah, for sure. Even to this day, you hit songs, Mr. Wendell, people every day, they get played on commercial radio, even to this day here in Australia and Sydney, like I hear it every Friday on um, R&B Fridays, for example. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's incredible. Can you tell me about those songs and even Tennessee, um, how they came about? And yeah, tell me about those songs because they're, they're obviously just smash hits that are just have had so much longevity. Yeah, I mean, those songs are really based on true stories. You know, Mr. Wendell was based on uh, me and Headliner really hanging out with a lot of homeless people um, before we made it. And just like talking to them. We were we were in the recording studio. We would just really respect what they had to say. And Mr. Wendell was really a result of those kind of relationships. And then People Every Day was really the conflict of where I was going in my life with Afrocentric views and, and thoughts and the way I dressed compared to where a lot of people in the black community at the time in Milwaukee, which is where I'm born and raised, compared to where they were, it was very different. So um, there was conflict, you know, and that song is really talking about that conflict. And then songs like um, Tennessee, which by far is my most important song I've ever written. Um, I spent all my summers in in Tennessee in a very rural town with my grandmother 
and she passed away of a heart attack. Me and my family went to uh, visit her and um, go to her funeral and just just celebrate her life. And that same week, my brother, uh, Terry, passed away of an asthma attack. My grandmother passed of a heart attack. So um, the last place I saw them was Tennessee. And um, I wrote a tribute to both of them. And um, that was the song, Tennessee. And we released that as our first single. Wow. And that's the song that really got you the momentum too, wasn't it? That really got you yeah. out there and got you that recognition. Yeah, I think it did. You know, it it definitely was a breath of fresh air for hip hop and maybe even for R&B and for black music in general. And then at the same time, it, um, you know, it, it, I think it broadened um, what it meant to be a hip hop artist. You know, I, I was doing melodic rhyme styles and at that time, no one was doing that the way I was. And um, so I think it also broadened how to deliver hip hop and, and how to bring it to the forefront. So, yeah. That's incredible. Um, tell me, you went on tour with Hillary Clinton. Is that right? Yeah. W w by the time I was starting to do solo albums, which was in the, you know, 95, 96, 97, Hillary did a book called It Takes a Village. And I had done a song and released it called It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. She heard that I'd done that song and her office called my office and asked if I would be willing to go out on a book tour with her. It was her and Al Gore and, um, and Chelsea Clinton, and it was great. I mean, we toured probably 50,000 people per show and she spoke, um, I performed me and my band and um, Al Gore spoke and I, I got a chance to meet all of them. And it was um, a moving time. It was a very, very, very cool time. Oh, that's sensational. All right, let's go back a little bit. You won two Grammys. Tell me what that was like. And obviously getting all the success in that year, especially, or those years, should I say, around that time. What what was the emotions like? Obviously going into the charts, winning the Grammys, um, being band, being named Band of the Year in Rolling Stone, like just all this massive success. What was the emotions like? And yeah, talk to me about that. It was surreal. And I think, it was mostly surreal because all of it was happening at the same time, you know, so award season is a very early part of the, the year. And so, you know, we were winning a lot of different awards all within weeks of each other. And, and so it was very almost like a dream state. And our rise to fame was very fast relative to m what most groups uh, experience. So it was our first album. We were in our early 20s, you know, of course, one of our members was much older because we had an elder in our group. But the rest of us were in our early 20s. Um, the youngest of us was in her young teens. I mean, she was 16, 17. So, you know, to have that kind of success at that age is, is hard in and of itself. For it to be your first record, that's also hard. And for us to be so unique and so different in the music industry from what was being presented by so many other artists, also made it hard. So we were charting a lot of new territory. Yeah, it's, it's incredible 
what you've achieved and yeah the ground you broke you you paved the way for future generations um tell me the tv show arrested development that they created how did that impact you like does that have any impact to this day i know you obviously sued them and i believe you settled out of court has that had any impact to this day on your group still it does it has a very big impact you know while we were in court during what they call discovery i found out that every tv show that used a music group's name because there's there's many instances the TV show Survivor, there's a there's a rock group called Survivor. The TV show Living Color, there's a, there's a, a rock group called Living Color. Arrested Development, there's a hip hop group called Arrested Development. In all of those instances, the TV show always ends up being bigger than the bands because it's rare and it's hard to be as big as a TV show. I mean, TV is TV, it's, it's a big industry and it reaches far more people than any particular genre is going to reach in the music industry because it just reaches, you know, a cross section of the American and world population. So the reason that TV shows very hard for us to um, deal with to this day is that there's a lot of fans that either are fans of the TV show and don't know that we existed or there's fans of us that are confused by things that come out that say Arrested Development and they don't know if it's the group or if it's the TV show. So, you know, there's definitely tough things that follow when you have a TV show sort of steal your name. So it's a weird thing. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I could imagine that's, that'll be difficult at the moment. All right, um, tell me, what, what motivates you, David? What, what motivates you personally and what motivates Arrested Development? Yeah, I think for all of us in the group, we still have such a deep passion for music. You know, we love what we do. We put our all into it. And so that motivates us. You know, every show is a is a brand new opportunity to just give our all. And we really do leave it all on stage. Like a lot of people say that, but we really do. And what motivates me is I love music. I'm still a big fan of the art form of hip hop. I'm a big fan of music in general and artistry. And so I still get immersed into this field and writing a great song means everything to me. Performing and giving our all on stage means everything to me. And, you know, fans say that they they feel that from us. And so, yeah, that's that's what still keeps us going in such a very real way because we're, we're a very vibrant group. I may not seem like it now, but, um, but we are. We're a very vibrant group. <laughs> you're, you're definitely vibrant. And your your music speaks for you, right? Like that talks, that talks volumes of how vibrant you are. So no, I definitely, I definitely know that. Um what, what's the best advice you've received? And what's actually apart from that as well, what's the best advice you would give someone, even a young person coming into the industry or a, a future arrested development coming into the industry? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say to the second half of your question, really tell your story. Believe it or not, your story is so unique. It's so special. And if you tell it, we're going to listen. So don't be a carbon copy of somebody else. Tell your story. We, we're waiting to hear your story. 
So that's what I would, the second half of what you said. Um, the best advice I ever got would probably be, well, it's hard to say the best advice, but one of the best is that take your time doing a record. It's, it's worth it to capture the best take, not just any take. Meaning when you're recording, lay your best work down because these records live on hopefully far beyond your life. And so when you're in that studio, and even if it only lasts a day or a month or whatever long you're recording something, make sure you do your best because it's worth it. It's going to be there longer than you will. So, you know, give your best. Great advice. Um, what is the legacy that you would love the rest of development to leave? You know, honestly, I hope that that the world sees what we were striving to put out and celebrates that. And what I think it is, is music that celebrates life. That is, um, even if it's serious, if the song is serious, it's still joyous. It's still fun. It's still um, something about it that is uplifting. And I hope that people say that we celebrated life and we celebrated um, triumph over failure and death. That's what I hope. Great. Where's your um where's your favorites? You've obviously traveled the world. Where's your favorite places that you toured? And where is your favorite places to tour in the future? Honestly, I love Australia. It's one of our favorite places to, to tour. Um I wanna go to Brazil. I wanna go to India. I wanna go uh, to a, to numerous uh, Caribbean islands. I want to go to Puerto Rico and, you know, Haiti. And there's many places that I love to go to. Probably our favorite place, the whole group agrees with this, would be Australia. Uh, a close second would be Japan. Um, Europe, which we just got off of a 35-city tour in Europe about a week, about two or three weeks ago now. So um, it was incredible. And yeah, I mean, these are some of the places that we love to tour, but there's numerous others like Africa, Canada, um, United States, of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You even played, I saw 50,000 people in Sydney, was it? Um, about a couple, yeah. Yeah, one time we, we performed for 80,000 uh, in the streets of, I think it was Sydney, yeah. yeah. And it was incredible. I mean, there's part of it on tape and it was just outstanding. I mean, it's amazing shows so lively and so fun and yeah the one i'm thinking about i mean we've played sydney a million times but right. the one where about eighty thousand, it was literally on the streets and uh they closed down some street areas and as far as the eye can see it was just a sea of people and you know it's just fantastic sensational um yeah. tell me obviously you're very busy and you're very heavily motivated in the music industry and that. Um, what are your hobby, hobbies and passions aside from music? What do you like to do if you ever get any downtime to relax and kick back? Um, I'm big on, you know, documentaries and movies. I'm big on walking in nature. Like, um, I spend a lot of time outside. I, I love, you know, doing gardening and, and like, just, I, I live on acres of land, so I love doing work in my land, you know, so whether it's trees and 
cutting down trees or planting or you know all of these types of things I really enjoy doing. Um, and just general walk and talks. Yeah, you know, I, I like spending time with good friends, close friends, and stuff like that too. Amazing. Um, if you were 18 again and you could change anything in your life, it could be yourself personally or Arrested Development, what would you change? Um, you know, that's a great question. I, I think, I mean, it's hard to say one thing because there's a lot of things I probably would change, but one of the things would be to release our second album at a different later time. Um, our record label back in the 90s was really sort of pushing, twisting our arm to release a second album within a certain time period. And I wish I could have waited a little longer and put that record out because I would have loved for our trajectory as a, as a group to go rise consistently upwards instead of what we ended up doing, which was a really high debut and then like this for our second album and then some rocky stuff after that. I would have rather it went like that. So I think if we would have had more time and if I would have ignored what my label was trying to push us to do, I think we would have had a chance to pull that off. Yeah, great, great insights. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, speech, thanks for coming to the podcast. I do appreciate it. It's humbling to interview you. You know, I love your music. Even when I was younger, growing up, loving those songs, especially the hits you had back in the early 90s. So, yeah, thank you for coming to the podcast, and I do appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.